Hello and welcome to Talking Transfers from the 90 Min Podcast Network after the transfer deadline has passed in England. We didn't think that we'd end up doing this show for you, but what a surprise it is. We're going to unpack everything that's happened on transfer deadline day or stuff that has not happened. Often the bigger story. I'm Scott Saunders, joined by 90 Min's transfer correspondent, Graham Bailey, as ever. 90 Min's top cat, Toby Cudworth, and the Brennan Johnson and Neil Morpay man, Sean Walsh. <laughs> uh, Sean, mixed bag of a day for Tottenham and Brentford, or is this... I'm seeing a lot of negativity around Tottenham's business this summer, despite Brennan Johnson signing. Yeah, I think a lot of the negativity is to do with a lot of players haven't been shifted. You know, there's still a lot of Deadwood here. Um, Hugo Lloris is still here. It sounds like he's turned down a couple of moves on deadline day. Um, Eric Dyer is still here with one year left in his contract. Davison Sanchez is still here. I think that's where the frustration really lies that Spurs have again gone into a summer where they they kind of openly said, you know, we're going to try and shift 10, 11 players. We'll have to terminate contracts if we have to. And that's not happened. But maybe there's a couple of contract terminations in the coming days. Who knows? Graham, how have Middlesbrough been? Good end to the window, yeah. Sam Sam Greenwood, Lewis O'Brien, Alex Bangura, and Campbell. We had um, an awful start to season, signing a lot of um, lot of rubbish. But bluntly, we signed a lot of rubbish, and look how we started the season. But the three we brought in on deadline day has uh, really um, bumped bumped up our spirits on Teesside. Um, we're very happy with our deadline day signings. Toby West Ham have bumped up back to the top of the Premier League after beating Luton Town on Friday night. Yeah, good win. Didn't uh, didn't get any more players over the line, which will probably disappoint David Moyes. He wanted six or seven, but he's had to settle for four. But I think the four he's brought in have added quality. And I said before, I thought we could conceivably have no points after six games. And we have 10 after four, which is a pretty nice feeling, I've got to say. Quarter of the way to 40 points. Fantastic. After four games, please subscribe to the podcast on all your major podcast platforms and follow us on social media at double underscore Scott Saunders at Toby underscore Cudworth at Graham Bailey and at Sean DZ Walsh. Nightymin.com for all the latest. It's been busy today. Uh, Nightymin.com forward slash talking transfers. It's been very busy today on that front. And uh, I think people's, uh, Fingers are going to start falling off from too much typing. 90, at 90 min underscore football as well for all the latest on the social media channels. Today, or this evening, we are we're going to go past midnight here, I'd imagine. Zhao Polinia, Ryan Gravenberg, Brennan Johnson, Mason Greenwood, Sofiane Amrabat, Connor Gallagher, Zhao Cancelo, Zhao Felix, Randall Colomuani, Neil Morpay and Ansu Fati are among the names that we'll discuss before the show is over. As I mentioned at the top of the show, often the things that do happen are big news, but often the things that don't are also just as big news pieces. Now, Zhao Polinia, Sean, I, I didn't actually get a chance to see this, but there was a there's a video of Zhao Polinia in Munich leaving Munich. Is that right? Yeah, there's a video of him just kind of slowly, sadly walking around. You can't see his face, but you can tell this is the expression of a man who, you know, he thought he was going to be playing with Harry Kane and, you know, Serge Gnabry, Leroy Sané, Joshua Kimmich next season. And now he's got to go back to Fulham and play with... Um, Harrison Reed. I, 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 yeah, I wasn't going to dig him out, but you, you get the idea with that. But 
I can imagine it's really tough for him. You know, he, he was walking around um, their training ground with a shirt in hand, ready to take the promotional pictures. And Fulham just couldn't find the replacement in time to sanction the deal, you know. So it's really baffling. We were talking off air. Why did why is the Bundesliga closing their transfer window five hours before everyone else? Graham, can you explain to us how this has unfolded? Because uh, Bayern essentially had a deal in place for Paulinha, but as Sean just alluded to there, it did not go through because Fulham couldn't find a replacement and the deal was called off because the window closed earlier. It did show a bit earlier how how strong were Fulham looking for a replacement. I think that'll be the question. You know, there's a lot of players linked, talked to a lot of players. I'm a bit dubious as to how far Fulham looked, to be honest, but Bayern thought they were. They were convinced, you know, to... and. And I will answer my own question, probably. The, the fact that Fulham allowed him to fly to Germany probably tells us they were willing to do it, and they tried. But I said they were linked from from Ibrahim Sangaria, who's going to go to Forest um, tonight, to Jan and Villa, the free transfer, 33-year-old Frenchman. They were linked after a plethora of players, weren't they? We were talking off-pod about this. Um, and just decided not to pull the trigger. So... Alex Warby's gone in there. Obviously, he wasn't a replacement for Paulinho, but the Fulham fans are delighted. You know, it would have been a real body blow to them to lose Paulinho and Mitrovic. Even a month ago, if we'd suggested that, we'd have been really shocked to lose their best two players and by far their best two players in this window. So I think it's a relief for Fulham, but I think Fulham, they were looking at it because of something we said on a previous pod where I think this is the weakest Premier League we've seen in many a year. You know, Sheffield United and Luton are already down. Looks like Everton will join them. That's why I think we're seeing likes of Fulham, Palace not doing. You, got this season, you do not have, if you're a mid-table Premier League team, you don't have to spend much to steal. All you've got to do is finish above Everton. So that's why we say Palace haven't done much because they don't need to. And I think that's a that's a big factor here for Fulham where they've kept Paulinho. That's probably enough to keep them up. Did I see today that Alexander Mitrovic scored a hat trick, or am I imagining things? I think. I did see that in his new in his new league. Anyway, uh, let me uh, just transition on. Toby, we have seen players not get their moves and essentially, I don't want to say down tools, but like lose their spirit a little bit. Their performance tails off. He was brilliant, Jao Polinia, last weekend against Arsenal. Scored the equaliser and was everywhere. And now he has to go back to Fulham. Nah, Fulham's a lovely place, but you know it is. But they're going to have one hell of a job picking him up um, to go to Munich to have a medical, to have the shirt in his hand, to be wandering around the training ground. We even saw pictures of that. Basically, waiting for the phone call to say that it was done, to then get the news that you got aboard a plane back from Munich to London. You're going to be playing again for Fulham after the international break. I don't want to say it's soul-destroying, but it's a big leap, isn't it, to go from Fulham to Bayern Munich, who are one of the biggest clubs in the world. So, yeah, massive job for Marco Silva to galvanise Palenia. Uh, Whether or not he'll be looking for an exit in January remains to be seen. Bayern might not have the interest in doing that deal then. We'll have to uh, see what their future plans are and whether or not they look elsewhere. But Fulham couldn't have coped, I don't think, losing Paulinho without bringing in a replacement. And that's obviously why they've ultimately not allowed this deal to happen. Um, As Graham says, losing Mitrovic is one thing. I think losing the glue in their midfield was something that they couldn't do unless they brought in another quality player. So 
can understand Fulham's reasons, but Paulinho, yeah, he's going to have to get his head screwed back on pretty quick. Wonder if he'll be back to play at the Etihad against Man City on Saturday afternoon. <laughs> Interesting. Uh, I doubt it, to be honest, but we'll see. Graham, uh, Bayern have, however, sold a player today to Liverpool. Ryan Gravenberg has left and officially joined Liverpool after a long episode of interest from Liverpool. They've wanted him for a long time. Finally confirmed as a Liverpool player. But Bayern now, are they a little bit light in, in central midfield? Obviously, Gravenberg was not in their plans. Thomas Tuchel confirmed as such that he wanted to leave earlier on uh, on Friday as well. But they only have, by my reckoning, Conrad Lima, uh, Leon Goretzka and Joshua Kimmich as their three central midfielders. I know Gravenberg is a different profile of player. But they have chosen to sell Gravenberg anyway to Liverpool. Yeah, I don't think they're too worried. Um, I think they're happy with Kimmich and Goretzka in there as well, um, and Conrad Lima. Um, obviously, they play Musiala further forward. So I think it's it's they've got three to cover those two holding positions. I think that's the way they see it, and I think that's enough to get them through to January. Obviously, battering injury. To, who knows what can happen, but I think they're fairly happy with that. I think they would have liked to have brought another one in, but they haven't panicked. You know, there was an option possibly for Eric Dyer, as we discussed, but with his contract being up, it's not an easy deal to do for him at the moment. So I, th- I think they're fairly happy from what from what we understand. And yeah, um, they want it. It was more a case of quality over quantity, Scott. They wanted someone as good as Paulina could have come in and won a starting place straight away. I think that's the way they saw it. They don't want going to bring anyone in. So if it wasn't someone of Paulina's stature, I don't think they were going to waste the time and do something else. But Toby, they, they did seem to try and sign a lot of players on deadline day and fail to sign a lot of players. We Graham just mentioned there, Eric Dyer, that, that's not so much been deadline day, but Amal Bella Kotchap from Southampton, they haven't been able to complete. He's gone east, joined PSV. Uh, Nathaniel Chalaber, as oh, sorry Trevor Chalaber as well, is was on their list of players that they they were interested in, and they have not added. They saw Benjamin Pavard, you know, unusual so, unusual behaviour yeah, from Bayern, isn't it? Weird, they're, nor- right? they're normally pretty organised, but it does feel like they've had a not a panic, but don't forget they they went after Declan Rice, they went after Moises Caicedo this summer. There are other examples of Bayern wanting players and not getting them. Um, they have left themselves a little bit short, but maybe we just need to go back to the same old argument that Bayern have got enough quality to get by in the Bundesliga. They'll fancy their chances of getting through the group stages of the Champions League and then revisit this problem in January. Uh, Rafael Guerrero, I guess, is another player that can play in central midfield. So, He's injured at the moment. They don't have to play a double pivot in the Bundesliga. They can get away with playing Kimmich and one other. Um, Goretzka doesn't have to start every week. So Bayern have probably got enough uh, to do the job. But as you say, Scott, it is unusual for them to target players and to miss out on, what, five or six over the course of this summer. Um, Interestingly, the majority of them for the Premier League. They obviously got Harry Kane over the line, but that is the only one of those high-profile deals that they've been able to do. Yes, interesting and characteristic behaviour from Bayern this summer, and they've missed out on a few targets today, but Tottenham have got a target that they've been after for a while, Sean. Brennan Johnson is officially a Tottenham player. 
tell us the detail. Yeah, so it looks like it's going to be a deal uh, worth just over 45 mil. Um, he takes a number 22 shirt. This is the guy that Ange Postacoglu really wanted. Um, Spurs did sniff around for Ansu Fati. They were offered the chance to sign him earlier this week. I think you guys talked about it on the pod a couple of days ago. Um, I don't think it made a lot of sense for Spurs for it to just be a dry loan to just kind of do Barca, uh, you know, kind of a, a wage inducing favour. You know, it didn't really add up. So I get why Spurs have instead moved on to their primary target, why they've really persisted with this target for the last week. There was a bit of pessimism in me that it wouldn't get done because it felt like one of those ones where the asking price is so steep that Spurs just wouldn't adhere to it. Um, ironically, was also really pursued hard by Brentford. Um, was It's been a target there for a couple of years now. They really pushed for him as well. Um, there has been, you mentioned it at the top, Scott, you've alluded to the negativity around it. There has been quite a pushback from um, people who are in more of the stats community or just people who know how to use FBref, where it looks like some of his stats aren't, aren't great, like he hasn't got amazing XG, stuff like that. Um, but I think it is quite notable that Spurs have pushed this hard. Chelsea win for him as well. Brentford, the stats club, win for him. So there is something that I think that everyone else is missing. So I'm quite I'm quite optimistic that this will turn out to be good. And as I said to you, if he turns out to be as good as the other Welsh wingers that have been at Spurs, then he'll be a very successful signing. We did speak about this on the last pod. Uh, I'm I'm Welsh and I'm a fan of his. I've seen plenty of Brandon Johnson. Graham has seen plenty of Brandon Johnson and thinks that this is a good a good signing for Tottenham as well. I think there is just a, an element to his game where obviously you mentioned there the XG this kind of thing. He is he has been known to be quite wasteful with his chances, but I think mm. that is something that he with maturity I think he can improve. And with a system like Postacoglu's system. I mean, I I see a. I, I know you love Kulusevski, Sean, hmm. um, but I see a position on. I th- I think he would work perfectly on the right side. But yeah, yeah. for sure, I, I think that is definitely a position up for grabs because Graham, you were reporting earlier in the summer, and wasn't too sold on Kulusevski. I think he scored. I know he scored his first goal the weekend, but he hasn't been the best performer so far. Ange does prefer to play with these kind of touchline wingers, and despite all of this kind of stats stuff. Johnson did score eight goals last season in a pretty crap Forest side. He's a very, he's a, he's a great. I think he's a great sign. I say I think he's um, he's one of the favourite deals of the whole window. He's got a huge ceiling. I think it's clear that Ange wanted this type of player. You know, they were offered Jota as well, who might be coming back from Saudi Arabia sometime soon. So I'm not surprised. I think Son and Kulisevsky, although good players that they are, I'm not sure how well suited they are to Ange's system. But I think Johnson is. I think Johnson's an incredible player and he's going to become a firm fan's favourite there. He can cover a number of positions. Spurs could use him as an alternative to Richarlison, who did score in the week, didn't he? Yeah, so uh, there you go. Maybe a Great start. Great striker, actually. Great header. <laughs> uh, unfortunately, in a in a defeat in the FL Cup in August. Anyway, uh, let's move on. Sorry, Sean, I didn't mean to rub that <laughs> too much. <laughs> anyway, uh, let's move on. We have to fire through these pretty quickly because it is late. It is post transfer deadline, and we're doing our best. But we'll move to Manchester United because they've had a busy day. Graham, four signings have been made. Uh, Two of them in particular are quite underwhelming, to say the least. I'll put... Well, it's a nice return for Johnny Evans, anyway. Uh, Sergio Regulon has joined. We talked about him on the last podcast. 
bit of a desperation considering the the two left backs that they do have under contract are injured for a, a while. They signed a replacement goalkeeper for Dean Henderson, but Sofian Amrabat is in through the door. We reported this was agreed earlier on Friday. What are the details of this deal? And it is finally official as well. Yeah, they've gotten through. It's it's a play you know where it's in Hag has wanted for a long time. So we've been reporting this for quite a while, Scott, haven't we? We knew it was Ten Hag, really wanted this player. Um, initial loan fee, about eight and a half million pounds, um, extra 17.1 to make it permanent. So I'm, I'm fully expecting this to be made. But I think this decision will be made fairly early. I think he's I think he's the signing, as I've said on the, on the show before. I think he's the one that turns, you know, it's awful. I mean, awful transfer window into a decent one. I think he's going to be a huge signing for you. I think he's going to be a key signing. I think he's going to turn you in. I just think he's going to have a massive impact on the starting eleven, which I don't think any of your signings so far will have. I think Amrabat will have a massive impact on your starting eleven, and I think he'll improve you from the off. I think he's a he's exactly what you need. Which, as I've said, I don't think any of the other players can be described as that, Scott. But I think Amrabat is exactly what you need. He's great value. We're missing about any of the ones either. I think he's a great science guy. I think he really makes up for some of the shortcomings in this. Um, and I'm excited to see what Eric Ten Hag does with him. I think he's one of the best signings since Eric Ten Hag has taken over. I really do. I rate him that highly. United have had to settle for a loan with an option. Uh, the fact that it is an option is, uh, I suppose, some credit to them rather than obligation uh, because it did seem a few weeks ago that they were going to be doing this on a permanent deal, but they couldn't sell enough players really to, to raise the necessary funds after spending a lot of money on Mount Onana and Rasmus Hoyland, who could make his debut against Arsenal. Uh, Toby, what's, what's your take on this Amrabat deal? Needed, I think is the, uh, the operative word. United have looked very fragile in central midfield, haven't they? Casemiro's had a, a bit of a shocking start to the season and they needed somebody who can come in and, just make things a bit tighter for United and help them get control of games. Um, the deal itself, I think, is really good. Loan fee, not too excessive. The future fee, really, really appealing. And as Graham says, I think he'll slot in quite nicely and there'll be a number of games where we might see Amrabat and Casemiro playing together. Um but hey, if this works out well, Amrabat could actually be the long-term successor to Casemiro, I guess. Um, and it also means, Scott, you don't have to play Casemiro in every single game, which I think is going to be a big benefit. Obviously, had disciplinary issues last year. Fitness, I think, is catching up with him as well. He's north of 30. Um, it's good for Eric Ten Hag to have another body in there who's just as good, I think, in terms of quality. Um, you never know. This He's obviously going to miss this weekend's game against Arsenal, but once they come back from the international break... United can hopefully get him fit and firing and he might be in the starting 11 straight away. Yeah, I think this gives United options to to rotate in the midfield. They, they actually do have a hell of a lot of midfielders now. I was trying to count them earlier. Donny van der Beek's not left yet. Scott McTominay hasn't left. You've got Kobe Manu who's injured and probably get introduced to the team this season. You've got Casemiro. You've got Bruno Fernandes. You've got Mason Mount. And there's others in there as well. That, that's, that's a lot for three positions. Uh, so... You wouldn't say it's great depth in terms of the fact that United won a couple of those players out at the very least, but at least there's a bit more steel to it with Amrabat in that midfield rather than uh, no Amrabat because they 
only had really one defensive <laughs> defensive minded midfielder in there. It's and, got a different, uh, it's got a different feeling, Scott, to Sabitzer coming in on yes, loan. Where, it, it that, where that, has. that was yeah. a plaster. This is a a plaster of sorts, but it's actually got more of a purpose um, and will definitely stem the bleeding. Whereas I think Sabitzer was kind of diverting the flow, if you will, um, maybe solving another problem. Sean, do you think Amrabat is a, a World Cup hype hero or is he made for the Premier League? Um, I think I think there's some substance there for sure. I think we talked in this pod before, Toby, about how we were impressed from him in the Conference League final. He was quite composed, a very smooth operator. I think that he kind of brings this blend of physical and technical kind of just proficiency that will suit the Premier League really well. He can play with Casemiro and he can play instead of Casemiro. I think this is something that United have really needed because that midfield in the opening few weeks of the season, good God, just was not working. We were there, Scott, for the Spurs game. It just You could see it, just the hole was opening up as Spurs ran rings around them. So I don't think that's going to be happening anymore with someone like Amrabat in that midfield. We'll see if he becomes a permanent fixture. We expect to see him after the international break. Uh, just another note on United, they've been working to get players out of the club. They failed in a lot of cases. But, Graham, they have... Uh, it has been announced since we started recording this podcast that Mason Greenwood has joined Hetafe on loan. Uh, we've been following this story throughout the day. United have communicated... Well, they've been talking to a number of clubs about a potential loan. They communicated even to Greenwood's camp this morning that if it was the if it was necessary that they would even do a free transfer potentially, but it has ended up as Hitafe late in the Spanish transfer window. Uh, any further details than that? Early in there, we were told Scott that we understand that United told Greenwood and his party to go on a free transfer, free transfer with a large sell on fee. Um, not just a free chance out the door sort of thing. That wouldn't have made much sense. But that was when you were in talks with Lazio, trying to do that deal. Caught us by surprise. My own side caught Greenwood's people by surprise at the time. You know, Atalanta was still in talks at, at that point as well. We got we got word of, at that point it looked like maybe the window would go and he might end up in Turkey or even Greece, we were told, um, if he hadn't gone through today. But then Getafe came about. I think they see it as quite a good landing spot for him, his people. You know, he'll be in Madrid, but he'll be a quieter part of Madrid, um, less pressure on him. And yeah, I like it as a move. I think it's good. I think it's, I think his agents have done well here. I think um, it's a nice, solid move. Give him a chance to impress. And it goes there and hits hits a lot of goals. We'll be talking a lot about him this time next summer, this next summer, Scott, because by then Manchester United will have new owners. And um yeah, we're not finished talking about Mason Greenwood, but it's in his hands now. It's in his hands now, Scott. If he goes there and performs his future, um, could be back on the agenda at United. If he doesn't perform, um, he'll be going elsewhere. So, yeah, I think that everyone's leaving it up to him now. Um, his career is in his own hands now, and he's going to have to perform if he wants to get back to the top level. You mentioned there that uh, the Glazers will move on and potentially sell. I didn't say they would move. I said, yeah, yeah. I would say, what, what you, you, might, say? you might, you might, you might have new owners. That doesn't mean the Glazers won't be involved. I said we've always had our suspicions, Scott, haven't we? That even with a new owner, it's hard to see the Glazers leaving. Um, yeah, we'll uh, we'll be talking about that on future shows, I'm sure. But yeah, I I, I still don't think the Glazers will will be departing. But we'll see. 
Uh, well, we I don't know whether we've been able to verify this since we've been recording uh, during the confirmation of this, but suggestions are that United are covering the majority of his wages and there is no loan fee. So United have done... They've just decided to part ways and a loan to La Liga it is uh, for Mason Greenwood for now. But we'll move on back to the Premier League and to Nottingham Forest because we were talking about defensive midfielders just now with Sofia and Amrabat. And in Graham's money, I think they he might... Well, you, t- you said at the top of the show, I think Sangare is one of your favourite transfers of the summer. Uh, um, and it's been just done. getting confirmation. Yeah, just getting confirmation. Just had a message in the last uh, two seconds. Sorry to be very Jim White with you guys, but yeah, um, Sangari is done. Sangari got is, Sangari done. is done. Yeah, and so is Luis Sinistera. Not sure we'll do Where's that. Where's your yellow tie? Yeah, well, I've got my deadline day scarf. If you've noticed, yeah, my friend, um, long window. I've got my deadline day <laughs> scarf, which is always there. Actually, we just don't notice it. It's, it's always there. I have um, noticed that actually. Yeah. Um, Ibrahim Sangari coming PSV. He's a player who they try to get early in the summer, but he he said thanks, but no thanks early in the summer. I think he was hoping. You know, this is a guy who's been it to Chelsea um, last summer, wasn't it? He was quite not, wasn't close to Chelsea, but they did have a good look at him. Uh, Tottenham, Arsenal, even United were looking at him. Liverpool. Um, is that so? I think it's the best way of getting to those clubs now is to come to the Premier League and prove it. Go and do it, Caicedo. Go and do it, Polina. Prove yourself. Um, and that's what he's doing. And I think I think it's a great signing. I think it's just over thirty million pound that they're going to be paying for him. Again, such great value. <laughs> he won't be worth that again, will he? <laughs> now he's in England. Um, I love the signing. Yeah, and it's it's over the line. Um, Andrea Santos in there as well. Danilo already said as we talked about him before, didn't we? TC one. I, I love the signing. Yeah, I do. I think it's one of my favourite. One of my favourites of the window. This one. We'll have to. Graham does that a lot. We, says one of my favorites and then he ends up with it's like his England squads usually. Um <laughs> gonna be a stalwart. Might, yeah, he, 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 I, don't think, I don't I don't think he quite get him I tell you, hey, Max hey Max Kilman uh, still still my favourite players as Levi Colwell was as well. Um not quite he wouldn't quite get in my team yet but I'm really excited. I love I love the business that um Forrest have done today. Um Murillo from Corinthians, Callum Hudson Adoy. Well how cheap well. did they get Callum Hudson Adoy? Yeah, nominal fee, we're told, Scott. And um, he took a payoff from Chelsea as well. You know, he's no Brennan Johnson, that's for sure. But they've still got Gibbs White. They've still got others there. Um, we, we need to say, actually, they were trying to get Divock Origi done. Um, we think that might happen to Forrest, actually. I'm sure David Moyes is seething that he hasn't been able to get a Divock Origi deal done. Toby would be delighted. Um, but it looks like Forrest uh, might do that. And we may see... Don't be surprised if we've seen Emmanuel Dennis move on there, maybe to a to a Greece, obviously to sister club, Olympiacos maybe, but I still think we'll see some outgoings at Forest as well. But I think this window has shown from the scattergun approach they had last summer, I think they've been much better this summer. Um, I'm really impressed by him, obviously, and St. Gary being the main one for me. Nine signings in a week, Flaunt. Forest, we said on previous pods they'd been really quiet, hadn't they? Anthony Alangri and Matt Turner had come in. Oh, way too many. They're going to have that problem again where they've got more than 25 and they can't register people. Um, I know Lewis O'Brien's gone out the door and a few others, but yeah, that's a lot to bring in in the last week. Lots of good players, though, for Steve Cooper to work with, but he's got the same issue that he had last summer. He's now got to bed them all in and get them playing. 
Yeah, we might be in, as Graham was mentioning there, um, we might be in deal sheets territory for a few players uh, that they'll probably come through in the next few hours slash you might find out in the morning of potential players with some late transfers. But Sean, I'll come back to you. Uh, could you tell me about, this is in relation to Chelsea um, and Tottenham though, because they've been credited with some interest through the week in Conor Gallagher. Um, that's not happened. Was it ever gonna? It felt very dependent on Spurs being able to shift Pierre-Emil Hoiberg. Um, they were quoting teams around 30 million. Fulham came in asking as a potential replacement for Jalpulinia, but seemed like they couldn't convince him to kind of make that step down. Atletico Madrid have been interested all window long, but couldn't get a deal over the line either. It sounds like they came with a lone approach on deadline day. Spurs just kind of knocked it back. Was, we're not interested in that. Um the stuff that I'd heard out of Chelsea was they were quite confident that Gallagher was going to stay on deadline day when it became apparent that Spurs weren't going to come back and meet the 50 mil or so asking price they'd set on Gallagher. It had it, it sounded early this week as if Spurs were ready to pay 40, but that just wasn't enough. And I think I think I think this is good for Chelsea and Gallagher because I think they've started to lose their way a little bit. I think Chelsea have become a bit obsessed with using these academy players to make up ground in the FFP stuff that they see academy players as kind of a way to make profit rather than a reason to be proud and bring through young players and have that. So I think it's good that Gallagher is able to stay at Chelsea, captain the, the other night against Wimbledon. I think that he needed to stay there. I think Chelsea needed him to stay there. I think the good of football needed him to stay there. So I'm quite happy that he is able to stay there. I would have loved him at Spurs. I think he's an interesting player that, when he was unknown at Crystal Palace, he showed that he can really be a true box-to-box midfielder. And you see the way Pepe Matassar started the season, that he would fit in that role perfectly. But I do think that the best thing is that Gallagher stays at Chelsea. Yeah, you mentioned there about Chelsea looking at uh, the youth academy as uh, potential ways to get around FFP and raise pure profit, as that's one of the the phrases of the summer, pure profit. Uh Chalabar, as we've mentioned, Trevor Chalabar was uh, in. It was even a link with Spurs earlier today. Yeah, he was. Spurs asked about him late in the window, but I think there was just too little time for that to happen. Uh, so they've been looking at potentially offloading him. It's not happened. Bayern Munich, Nottingham Forest were in for him at a time as well. Ian Matson, who is a, a. There's a lot of Chelsea fans who want to see Ian Matson get a chance. Chelsea had accepted a bid today of uh, a loan from Burnley with an obligation of just over 30 million, was it, Graham? Uh, but the player has turned it down. Yeah, he wasn't quite sure about this one, Ian Matson. But the thing with Ian Matson is that, um, something that Chelsea are wary of. He, he's not willing to commit and sign a new contract yet. And his contract, I think, is in 2024, his contract's up. So that is a real worry here. So it's not just Chelsea... Or another bid's coming in, getting rid of the player. And, and Kuchelstein did impact on that because it means they can move Matson on. But Chelsea have been trying to persuade Matson for some time now to sign a new deal. So there is another layer to this one. It's not quite the same as the Gallagher situation. I, thought, I think Gallagher will be offered a new deal as well. And if he doesn't sign, I think they'll move him on in January. So, but I think Gallagher will sign. Matson is, is unsure. Um, so that's a really interesting part of this this one. Although Burnley did come in, they loved him from his loan deal. Over 30 million was the fee 
huge, huge deal. He is a quality farmer, but 30, 30 million is a lot of money. Are we talking um, record for, transfer for Burnley? In that? I think it probably would be. Um, yeah. I don't um, want to put you on the spot there. I just did. I Sorry. can't think of Burnley's record man just yet. Um, I think they paid a little bit of money for the ones we've got in this year, but no, um, I think it would be a record transfer for them. But yeah, he was unsure of that before they did the deal. Um, and he hasn't gone. But yeah, that's an interesting one. Let's keep an eye on Matten because yeah, Chelsea are a bit worried about, about his long term future. And we know how Chelsea love to have a player under contract, and that's what they do insist on. So let's keep an eye on Matten and Gallagher for their new contracts in the next few months. How long Toby, do you remember how long they gave uh Cole Palmer today? Uh seven plus seven, was it? option, I want to say. Yeah. Yeah, that's anything, just no, anything that's just, less that's, is... just, that's just that's just no, I'm just say seven plus one, and you're probably right for Chelsea right now, isn't it? That's probably, that's just, it's a standard. Right. Brendan Johnson's only got six years at Spurs, Sean. What are they doing? I have just checked Burnley's um, record transfers, by the way. The most they've paid was earlier this summer 16.1 mil for Zeki Amdouni. Yeah, good player. So literally, literally double, double then. So, literally, double. Wow, is really that six year? Day? Is that the long that that strikes me? I don't know, Sean, and you might not know. Don't put you on the spot. Is that the big longest contract Spurs have ever handed out? They gave Harry Kane a sixth year, didn't they? Yeah, Kane got six back in 2018. But I imagine so this for is a new he's pro- he's pro- yeah, he's probably he's definitely the longest running currently. Um that's I imagine that's a sign of confidence. Yeah. yeah. Spurs. Which is fresh and nice, as as I say. Um, we rate Con- confidence, on the confidence Welsh back. Or is it the Chelsea impact, the Chelsea effect on the market that of Chelsea doing this and getting around it, I think it's more about that score. I do. I was. I love Johnson, but I'd say it was more of a sign of Chelsea the way Chelsea doing business and Daniel Levy taking a leaf out of Todd Burley's book. Can I just say on Cole Palmer? I've got Sky Sports on in the background. They've just put up a lovely graphic for me. Permanent signings under Todd Burley's ownership: one point one nine billion. Thirty-one players have come in since he took over. That's a lot. <laughs> In three transfer windows and just over a year, didn't still, isn't this a record still, for Potts as well? And, and they still don't have a decent number nine after all that. Yeah, incredible. Yeah. Well, Sean, I, I'm I'm guessing you've seen that tweet floating around about Chelsea spending in this window in comparison to Potts's entire spell at Spurs. I think it's someone along the lines of Chelsea in this window have outspent Pochettino's entire time at Tottenham. Is that right? Yeah, I do believe that's true, yes. But I think the added layer to this is Poch admitted today that signing Cole Palmer was not his idea. He said this is down to the owners and the sporting director. It was quite, it was a little bit reminiscent of Antonio Conte's club signing run. So, Yeah, also a little bit reminiscent of uh, Graham Potter saying all through last season that I can't remember what he said exactly. It's late. It's nearly been like, and it's been a long day. But he always made sure, as Chelsea's results were poor and awful, that, oh, the club, the transfer committee, you know, we make decisions together. These players are not my players. He was very keen to do that. Very keen. But Chelsea, have Chelsea won the transfer window, Toby? Have Chelsea won the transfer window? Mm, I don't think so. I think Arsenal have still had a very good window. We said this last summer. I know Jurian Timber is injured, but Declan Rice, I think, is a huge signing for them. I think Kai Havertz is going to come good. I know he's had a, a relatively slow start there and he's getting a bit of flack, but I think Arsenal have had a good window. 
I think Spurs have actually now had a good window bringing Brennan Johnson in. I think Mickey van der Ven's a good signing for them. I think getting Ange Postacoglu as manager, I'd count that as having a good window, to be honest. Um, shouldn't just look at players. Should look at managerial appointments as well. I'd argue West Ham are up there. Having been at the start of the month, having one of the worst windows, I think you could conceivably say they've now had one of the best. Um, Chelsea, they've obviously gone near everything together, haven't they, Scott? And they've still got to get the best out of the players that they signed in January. Mudrick is a, a leading example of that. So uh, time will tell whether or not Chelsea have actually had a good window because they've got to actually form their plan and Pochettino's got to put it into place. Beating Luton... I don't think really proves very much um, at this stage. Graham, this is not in the running order, but I am looking at a picture of Lewis Sinistera with a Bournemouth shirt. Mm-hmm. Do we have... Well, we're looking at the picture. You're, you're listening yeah. on an audio platform. You're not seeing the picture, but it is floating around on social media. Uh, do we have detail on how this one came about? Yeah, it, it started early in the day. Leeds, Leeds, Leeds fans are not very happy about this one. Really not. They've lost a lot of players in the window, but they're really hurt by this one. Bournemouth came in. There was an interest from from Brentford. I'm surprised Brentford didn't push stronger for this player. Um, I think he's a, he, he would fit them nicely. But yeah, Bournemouth have come in. Um, loan deal, 25 million um, option on it. Um, they were trying to send a player in the opposite direction. I, I didn't get information on who that was, but he didn't want to go to Leeds, apparently, whoever that player was um, from Bournemouth, which which caused a bit of an issue. But they got it over the line. It was, a deal, it was a deal sheet done. But yeah, he's, um, as you say from a picture, he's done. It's gone to a deal sheet, a bit like Sangare. But yeah, he's now a Bournemouth player. Um like that deal quite a lot as well. Well, it doesn't. It doesn't always mean it. Like, I mean, we've already talked about Jao Polina having a pine shirt in his hand. Yeah, um, um, I have been told it is done. though. it is done. And um, I think Divac Origi might be done. Going back for Divac Origi sounds like he's done as well. To welcome, back to, welcome to Nottingham Forest. We welcome back go. to England, Divac. Welcome back. Not to West Ham, though, Toby. Uh, let's talk irons in the fire. There's been none. Has there been any today? No irons in, in fire? Just, no, well, just, there was, just there points was in the bag, just, Toby. They just couldn't get them out. There was a few irons in the fire, wasn't there, Toby? There was yeah, a few. Tim Steedham was in Brazil this week. Uh, Euro Alberto, his main focus there, but that didn't work out. Philip Kostic from Juventus over the last 24 hours. They were trying to get that done. Um, I think West Ham wanted a loan. Juve probably wanting to sanction a permanent deal. They thrashed it out for a few hours. Couldn't get anything agreed. Um, and our understanding is West Ham also made a, a late inquiry for Feyenoord's Santiago Jimenez, who scored 18 goals, I think, last season for Feyenoord as they won the title. But he wants to stay there, wants to play Champions League football and Feyenoord, in any case, had no intention of letting him leave. So no irons in the fire, I'm afraid, Scott, but West Ham can be very happy with the business that they have done. You also asked about Illing Jr., didn't you, of the Juventus uh, winger? Toby? That caused a lot, a bit of a stir on social media, didn't it, early in there? Because when West Ham talking Kostic, they, they inquired about him as well. Any young player, Graham, gets people <laughs> chatting on social media. So uh, I yeah, like him as well. He was one who um, was on United's radar for a little bit, wasn't he, Scott Jimenez? Oh, yeah. he was. Uh, we, we mentioned that at the start of the summer where... We, said, we essentially said that United had two lists. They had a, an experienced list of players who would cost a lot of money and a younger list of players. And ideally, they wanted 
a player from each list, and Jimenez was on the list with Rasmus Hoyland. They have obviously not managed to sign two strikers. Uh, they will deal with Hoyland, but yeah, Jimenez has uh, been making waves, but he will stay where he is. And somebody else who will stay where he is and not join Brentford is Johan Bakayoko. Uh, ooh, Sean or Graham, who am I coming to on this? Well, I'll, I'll do the details, then Sean can describe um, just how bad a day Brentford have had with, with another signing. Um, <laughs> as good as Tottenham's day has been, Brentford's has been awful. It really has, which is surprising for us to say, isn't it? But um, yeah, Brentford did put in a £40 million club record, £40 million euro. Um, anyway, club record bid for Johan Bakayoko from PSV. They really thought they were getting him. But the player, I think... PSV getting into group stages didn't help, but getting a very easy group as well. I'm, I'm, PSV could easily get through that group. There's some group, and I think that's played a part in this. Um, Bakayoko, a tremendous talent. The Belgian wide man can play up front as well. Brentford downplaying it from their end, apparently, but he did, did make the offer and he's decided to stay. Um, you know, Brentford, they were looking at likes of Brennan Johnson as well. Um, a few others, but um, let let Sean fill in fill, fill us in on the man they did get. Well, they have got one, Sean. They have got someone. They have got one. They're bringing back Neil Mope on loan from Everton. It was announced just before we start recording, I think. Um, such a strange one. Not just because I don't rate him very highly as a Premier League player. Um, Brentford <laughs> fans seem to be over the moon. They think I think that they think they're getting the same guy who scored twenty five goals for them in his final season before. Um, but Thomas Frank made a big kind of song and dance about how Brentford weren't trying to sign another striker this window because he thought that they'd be fine with Johan Wisser and Kevin Sharder. He saw them as number nines. It did seem like a lot of focus was going to be on this kind of line-breaking winger that they've been prioritising a lot in the last few windows. You know, they made huge bids for Michaela Mudrick before he joined Chelsea. Um, for, oh my god! Yeah, yeah. They they wanted Brennan Johnson as well um, when they first got promoted. They Forrest um, held firm. They wanted Brennan Johnson again this summer, as we mentioned. It just feels so weird. It must be. It must have been something that they were approached with. I, I, that's my inkling because I can't imagine that they are sitting there on deadline day. The back of could do was fall through. They found out they're not getting this kind of top young winger prospect, someone who. I think could, in a year's time could be very highly coveted and someone who could make that kind of big 40, 50 million pound move to the Premier League. And they were just like, should we go get Neil Mopay? Yeah, let's go do it. I, it. It feels so weird, but it, it seems like, you know, the fans are happy enough. They've got a player back that they actually like. The, perhaps the only place that Mopay was actually ever truly loved in England. So, Well, you know. sometimes, sometimes transfers can just come about like that. I'm just trying to think as I, as I speak about people that love or fans that love Neil Morpé. <laughs> I just think signing, signing a striker off Everton in this window, I'd say, mm. who, who, I, never, I never thought that would happen. And someone signing a striker off Everton. Honestly. Do we, what, what have Everton done today? Uh, Graham, have they done anything today? I've, I completely missed this. No, they, they, they did better. Um Damari Gray's deal, I'm told he was he was close to joining to moving to Saudi. That hasn't happened. I'm told that Everton are unlikely to sanction that now post window. So Damari Gray, they might get Damari Gray back. It might actually work out because 
I still think he's one of their best players. And but for some reason, we're trying to move him on. So, so Beto's through with Dardo, trying to get you Adams. That didn't work. Um, they did inquire with West Ham about Maxwell Cornet and Danny Ings. I'm surprised one of them didn't go, Toby, to be honest, if not both. Um, I think if West Ham had got Kostic in, I think Cornet would have gone. But yeah, Everton, um, they simply haven't done enough, have they? I think Beto looked okay in midweek when they were struggling to beat Doncaster in the Cup, but I think that's where Everton's, Everton are at the moment. Um, yeah, so Beto is their, is their big hope. Um, they haven't done anything apart from that, Scott. So I didn't think we, we didn't expect them to do an awful lot, but um, I think their fans hoped they would do a bit more. Yes, indeed. Right, now, final Premier League transfer I've got on my list uh, for... Ten- we're, we're not going to get through every single transfer that's happened today, but pro- one of the most notable transfers that has happened today... Ansu Fati has joined Brighton. It's official on loan. We did talk about it on Thursday's show, so don't need to do too much about it. I was having this conversation earlier on another show. Toby, where where does he fit into this team? Because he strikes me as a a left winger, probably, but Mitoma's there. Yeah, I've only ever seen Ansu Fati play on the left-hand side, I think. Um, But we mentioned on the previous pod he was meant to be the next big thing from Barcelona's academy. Um, former colleague of ours talked him up really, really highly um, and said, watch out for this kid in the future. He, he, actually he will took end the up number- Brighton. <laughs> he, he, <laughs> well, he took the number 10 shirt, didn't he, at Barcelona? He did, yeah. So that shows you how highly Barcelona thought of him as well. Been derailed a little bit through injuries. As you say, Brighton have already got Caro Matoma. I think Roberto De Zerbi just wants depth quality they've got Europa League football a really hard group mind you West Ham got a, quite a kind Europa League draw can't say the same for Brighton so they're probably you remember who they got I know they've got Ajax um, oh yes that, that's Marseille. Marseille. yeah Marseille was in pot two and um, Ike Athens yeah so not a pretty group for Brighton Fatty obviously adds a little bit of quality and a bit of class to their squad I don't think he's going to be an immediate starter. I think that's probably something he'll have to work for and earn because obviously the pace of play in the Premier League is very different to La Liga. But he's got class, no doubt. I think he scored 29 goals in just over 100 games for Barcelona. So his record's all right. It's not breathtaking, but he needs to get back playing football again. And I think Barcelona probably looking at this, thinking it's a free shot really to get him off the wage bill for this season. They can go about their business. And if he has a really successful season, he could be reintegrated into Xavi's plans. Xavi spoke very highly of him this summer and kind of intimated that he wouldn't go. Although he said that about a lot of players who have left. So read into that what you will. But uh, a good one for Brighton, I think. He could either be reintegrated or potentially sold for a lot of money later down the line if it goes well at Brighton. Now, we mentioned Barcelona there. We'll wrap up the show shortly. we got three transfers left to talk about two of them from Barcelona so obviously Fatty has left and they've signed Zhao times two and they've even done some social media teases where their social media admin was writing Zhao Felix and then delete Felix and then wrote Cancelo and then yep that that's the game nowadays Graham lots of engagements like Barca like where do you stand on Zhao Felix nowadays Graham do you think this is a good signing for them? They've been after this for a while. 
I think that's um, a good end to the window for Barca. You know, I don't think they were. I think they were more desperate for Cancelo. I think they needed that right back. But I think Felix adds that. Yeah, he adds that something extra more in the middle. They, they, they had wide players coming out the out their ears, didn't they? You know, Ferran Torres, Rafinha, um, a reason that Fatih left, and Yamal coming through as well. But I think they need that central figure. And I, I think he suits, you know, whereas in England, playing in that central forward role wasn't really him. He did okay at Chelsea too. I thought he did okay. And we know Chelsea was still hovering around this deal as well. I, I think he suits Sabi. I think I think it's a good signing. Um, I think Cancel's a better one because it's one they needed and really improves the 1-11. to 11. I think it's a really interesting deal. Um, two pretty sensible deals in Barca. We don't hear that very often, do we? Uh, but they managed to get it done, both on loan. We're presuming Straight loans, that, no buy options. I think there's an option for cancel. Well, there was an option for cancel, but that's changed. Um, the initial agreement was for an option. Um, I don't think the Felix one has, or Felix did sign a new deal as he did with Chelsea last year. He signed an extension to 2027, and now he's extended to 2028 before his move on loan today. <laughs> so, just just I, for the listeners, Graham, why? It's just to preserve the value, as the clubs do. Um, what many many people do. Why would he agree to it? His value is so high that Atletico Madrid can't sell him. If and nobody can sign, buy him. If you don't sign, you're staying on the bench in Atletico. So pretty, he did pretty the simple. same thing when he went to yeah, Chelsea, he did. didn't he? He did, yeah, to 2027. Yeah, now he's now he's doing it to 2028 to get his move to Barca. Um they paid I think they paid so much money for him. What just on was it under hundred million they paid no, euros or more older. modern? They, yeah, yeah. They so hit his release clause, didn't they? And and the hope is for Atletico that he goes to Barca, becomes one of their leading figures, and they might get the money back at some point. That's the hope from Barcelona. Obviously, well, we don't think it'll happen, do we? But hey, God, God loves to try, don't they? So for Atletico, they're going to keep trying to get their money back. Um, so yeah, that's the way they've gone. And Cancelo, I think, um, I think he does have an option. You know, we'll have to confirm that in the coming days. We'll speak about him next show, maybe Scott, and confirm that. But I'd be surprised if he didn't have an option there. It took a while. He was, he was in danger a little bit. He was linked to Bayern, but we're told that wasn't really considered. He always wanted to go to to Barca. And um, in at the end, when you look at what Barca have done in this window, guys, I think, I think they had a pretty successful window. Gundogan, Cancelo, Felix. It's pretty good. Yeah, not really spent too much money that I can think of on transfer fees either. Uh, but the final transfer that we'll talk about on Talking Transfers today is an expensive transfer. And Paris Saint-Germain have done it. They have finally signed Randall Colomwani. Graham's been saying this one's going to get done for weeks and weeks and weeks, and it's taken right until the bloody end of the <laughs> right until the end of the transfer window for it to be completed. But it is complete. Why did it take so long, Graham? Um, yeah, the personal terms being agreed for a long time. Yeah, PSG is cut. It was getting the deal done with that in track Frankfurt, and they wanted Hugo Eketeki in the other way. Hugo Eteketi has said no to Frankfurt, which was a surprise because at one point they would have preferred option, but. There's a few Premier League clubs getting involved. Crystal Palace surprisingly been the main ones today. Um, for some reason, I'm sorry, sorry, Crystal Palace fans. For some reason, you guys think he wanted to go to Crystal Palace. Um, and that didn't happen, and this really almost scuppered this deal. But at the end of the day, Frankfurt knew. I think 90 million euros in the end of getting this done for. Um, I like it. I think he's a good player. I think he, he's the ideal replacement in Mbappe when he goes. He plays that left hand side. 
I think it's it's a good sign for the future for them. Bradley Backhall has come in as well. They managed to get that done from Leon. So I think PSG have had a quietly good window as well. I do. You know, take take away the Mbappe situation to one side. Um, Verratti will be going out as well. But I like Colin Moani, one for the future. It's what he, the future of PSG is going to be built around him, isn't it? During your time speaking there, Graham, I have been scrolling my social media and I found a goal by Alexander Mitrovic and it is an absolutely ridiculous volley. I looked at that. It's got the, the one four three Al Atihad, didn't it? The beat the one at Al Itihad. Honestly, we should all you should all go check this goal out. It is incredible from uh, from Mitrovic. Anyway, uh, that is Sean, any final words? Uh, from the busiest, this has been the weirdest, craziest. It seems like long. Jude Bellingham signed for Real Madrid in this transfer. Jude Bellingham was signing for Liverpool in this transfer window. Do you remember that, John? It's <laughs> oh, a long time ago now, isn't it? Oh, I'm I'm so glad it's over. I know Graham will be the opposite. Graham bloody loves the transfer window. I'm glad that it's done. I mean, we got to get up somewhere. We have got to do it all again. You know, I remember. Um, I remember like really thinking about at the time after the last two transfer windows closed, like, oh, it's going to be quiet. And then it just didn't prove to be quiet at all. Um, but I'm just glad that nothing can we're be not, done. We're not over yet, Sean. We oh, might, we're not, oh, yeah, we're not done with the Saudi window. We, we might still see a world record transfer in this window. <laughs> <There we go. laughs> he's, he, he's gagging for it. See, he loves it. Graham, there is teasing. The, we'll, we'll talk about Mohamed Salah to Saudi Arabia, potentially next week, because that I don't think that was going away anytime soon there's even a bit of uncertainty about when the saudi pro league window closes uh we'll get into that at a later yeah. then it is too late now i think we're it's just gone midnight i said we'd be finished by midnight but we haven't been toby before i wrap it final word from you i'm a bit of a cynical person scott so i'm i'm in agreement with sean i'm glad it's all over this has been a hysterical window where we've had so much going on each and every day, twists and turns, unexpected things. I'm actually quite looking forward to just watching the football now. Although having said that, we've got the weekend and then we have an international break that nobody wants. So uh, roll on two weeks' time when we've actually got some Premier League football to to tuck into each and every week and we can see how uh, some of these boys get on. Yes, indeed. Arsenal versus Man United this weekend. Liverpool versus Aston Villa. Brighton v Newcastle. Decent football this weekend. Burnley and Tottenham, and don't forget Burnley Tottenham, live, which great live be yes. at as well. A little bit Chelsea Forest. Yeah, yeah. So don't mention the two games that we're going to be at, Scott. Okay? <laughs> Sorry, yeah, I, I assume. <laughs> <it>. <laughs> I couldn't remember. Um, anyway, yeah. If you've stuck with us, thanks for listening. Uh, you know, we tried to do our best today to try and sum up as best we could what's happened today you can check out nightmin.com i'm get toby are we doing this in the morning i'm guessing this is a tradition a nightmin tradition the old push notification of every completed premier league transfer that's been maintained throughout the summer absolutely i think it might need some refreshing in the last hour or so because we've obviously been busy chattering away but yeah we'll have that primed and ready to go to uh to drop on people's phones um been a lot of deals hasn't there I know it's, this is the most amount of money that the Premier League have spent. Is it the most amount of players as well? I'm not sure. Pure speculation. Yes. One to look into. Yes. Uh, but anyway, I'm Scott, joined by Graham, Toby. Oh, can we just add in 
The, the, we were talking about the player going the opposite direction, Leeds to Bournemouth. Transpired that it's Jaden Anthony, and he is going to go to Leeds as part of that Siniestra deal. Deal so surprised that. Yeah, I'm surprised Anthony's got, willing to do that. But yeah, so the player who Leeds did want, they're getting in Jaden Anthony. Leeds have brought in some players in the window. They've got a little Welsh mafia of their own. With uh, Glenn, Glenn Kamara, love, love the Glenn Kamara sign as well from Rangers. He was, was that today or yesterday? I had to lose track, but yesterday I think he was. Yeah, good sign. Well, yesterday or potentially the day before now, because it's Saturday. Anyway, uh, right, that is it from us. Talking transfers, we'll be back. Talking more transfers next week, early next week, because uh, it never stops. There's still transfer windows open across the world. Saudi Pro League, Turkey among them as well. There should be some transfers potentially going through. Eric Bailly still plays for Manchester United. Will he ever leave? We will find out soon. Tune in to the next Talking Transfers to see if that has happened yet. And please subscribe on all your major podcast platforms and follow us on social media at double underscore Scott Saunders, at Toby underscore Cudworth, at Graham Bailey, and at Sean DZ Walsh. As we said, 90min.com for all the latest, 90min.com for slash talking transfers for all the latest transfer news, which I'm sure there'll be a little bit less of now, uh, but still plenty to come. And that at 90min underscore football for all the latest on social media throughout the Premier League weekend as well. Thanks, Graham, Sean, Toby. Thanks for listening, everyone. We'll catch you soon for another Talking Transfers. The window is closed in England. Finally, we've had enough. We're going to go to sleep. Thanks, everyone. See you soon.